0: So in order to kind of set the context for this gospel this morning, I want to tell you a story that is kind of embarrassing that involves your friend and mine, Father Lucas K. Rossi. So when we were in seminary together, Father Rossi and a couple other guys, I think it was two nights a week, used to gather in TV room A and watch old episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. And instead of being a good friend and just kind of letting them be, I decided to be a cooler than you jerk and kind of make fun of them for being a bunch of nerds, right? And this is a funny thing, because when you're in the seminary, that is very much the pot calling the kettle black, so just so you're aware of that. It's a weird tactic to have taken at the time, and as I said, I'm not exactly proud of the fact that, you know, I just kind of look down on the thing. It's like, you guys watching your Star Trek? That's just great. So fast forward a couple of years. We're both ordained, and our first year of priesthood, right after Easter, Father Rossi and I took a trip down to the beach for a couple of days just to kind of you know rest after Holy Week. And one night, I turned on the TV, and he turned it to the sci-fi network, and guess what? There was a marathon of Star Trek, The Next Generation. And at this point, and I don't know if it's the grace of Holy Orders and now I was a priest or I'd just grown up a little bit, but I decided to be a friend rather than just some critical guy, and I watched it with him. And I really enjoyed it. It was great. And it's funny because all of a sudden it's like now, when he and I get together on days off, sometimes we watch Star Trek The Next Generation. It's a good time. Now, where in the world am I going with this, right? Okay. So when you look at this gospel today, We are in a different section of Luke's gospel than we have been for the last couple of months. You may remember I've been saying this week after week that we have been in Jesus' death march to Jerusalem. All the way back at the end of chapter 9, St. Luke told us that when the time had come for him to be taken up, so basically when it was time for our Lord to ascend into heaven, he set his face towards Jerusalem. And so we know that when he's going to Jerusalem, when he gets there, what's on the horizon is his passion, his death. He is on his way to lay his life down for us. Well, last Sunday, you may remember we had the gospel of Zacchaeus climbing the tree, you know, and that was in Jericho. Jesus was on the doorstep of Jerusalem. Today, for those of you keeping score at home, if you look at the scripture citation for today's gospel, we skipped a lot. Last week, we were at the beginning of chapter 19. Today, we're at the end of chapter 20. So what's happened since then is Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem. We've had Palm Sunday. I mean, so Jesus is there at this point. We're no longer on the death march to Jerusalem. We are now in Jerusalem. And at this point, Jesus is teaching in the temple. And I just want to read you one or just two verses real quick. That kind of set the context of where we are at the end of chapter 19 so this is after palm sunday after jesus has entered in this is 19 uh, verses 47 and 48 okay it says this and jesus was teaching daily in the temple the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people sought to destroy him but they did not find anything they could do For all the people hung upon his words. Now, think about this. The chief priests, the scribes, the principal men, and of course, today we get the Sadducees. They are seeking to destroy him. They're trying to find some way to have something they could claim and get him destroyed, to get him out of the picture, to put him to death. That's why we've been calling it the death march to Jerusalem. So, no longer. Are we experiencing people who are docile, who are searching for the truth? You know, who want to find you know in our Lord this refuge, this comfort. You got adversaries. It's like He's on trial already. But also, this kind of gives us that insight of the fact that they can't just approach Him and arrest Him in public because all these people are hanging on Him. Which means eventually they have to have the treachery of hiring Judas and getting Him at night and all this, right? And the thing that they don't understand is this is the God-man. This is wisdom incarnate, truth incarnate, love incarnate. He can't be tripped up. The example right before this is, you know, they try to trip him with, uh, you know, is it lawful to pay the tax to Caesar or not? And you'll remember, too, when he goes into the temple, he clears out the money changers. Why does he have to do that? We have to change the money because you can't have images of Caesar in the temple. It's blasphemy. It's like, okay, he's being worshipped as a god. You can't take that into the place where we worship the true God. So they change the money. And so when he says to them, well, show me a coin, and one of them pulls it out of his pocket. So it's like, okay, thanks, Pharisees. You don't even follow what you're saying that you're supposed to do. And, of course, he can't be tripped up. He says, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. Anyway, we move into... Today, And you see the Sadducees, right? And the reason I tell you that little analogy about Father Rossi and Star Trek is because, okay, when I was finally a decent friend and, like, was interested in seeing what my friend likes, I found out I liked it. But when I was just antagonistic, I'm on the outside. I miss being with my friends, right? I'm not learning a darn thing. Here come the Sadducees. They don't really want to know about whether or not there's eternal life. They pose this ridiculous quandary, right? It's not as though they really want to get at the truth. They want to tear him down. And I would say two things that I think we can really learn from this gospel this morning are the way that we approach our Lord and also the fact that we need not be afraid in the ways that others approach him around us. Now, first of all, the way that we approach him, remember, when we come here, when we make our way to be with Jesus Christ, truly present with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, he knows how to be here, right? He knows how to make himself present. And we gotta make sure that we don't come here like the Sadducees, the chief priests, the scribes, the principal men, like putting him on trial. No, we come here as though to a friend, to have a discussion. And the thing is, like, I know it's like I say that with fear and trembling, and yet it comes from what he says at the Last Supper. I no longer call you slaves, I call you my friends. And we want to know what our friend has in store for us. Now, we may not understand everything that's going on both when it comes to church teaching when it comes to what's in store for us in the life to come heck what's in store for me this next week i don't necessarily know everything but i can't come here and sort of put him on trial like okay you better pony up and let me know, you know like trying to trip him up in some way no but to come as a friend who knows that he loves us that he has our best interest in mind to be here with docility Ready to learn, to trust, to be led into what he wants for us next. And even in light of this, right? I mean, hearing about what's it going to be like in the age to come, in the resurrection. We know that there's a resurrection. He's the first raised from the dead, as we just heard, the first born from the dead in the Alleluia verse, right? That he has overcome sin and death that in the end, love is unfailing. The love of Christ, the love that's so perfectly demonstrated on the cross. We can trust in that, even when there are difficulties in our own life. For example, I am a celibate male, right? I have given up the gift of wife and children to our Lord. Is that easy all the time? No, but I also know neither is marriage, right? Life is not easy, And it can be a mystery and a question. But I can't come like the Sadducees and be like, ah, you've obviously condemned me to a life of unhappiness. No, but I come as someone who wants to learn more about this particular mystery that has been given to me. To let him have the opportunity to explain it and to say, stick with it. Trust me, be with me. And as we let him unfold those things to us, we learn more and more. When we approach in that way, we get to receive those beautiful mysteries. That leads me to the second way of looking at this, this gospel. Don't be afraid of the fact that, yes, people attack the faith and come at it from all sorts of different angles, you know, and sort of do it in a way that is completely unfair. Like when it comes to church teaching, right? We know that life begins at conception, and we know that people will throw all sorts of things like, oh, what about this instance? Then abortion must happen. No just because there are hard instances doesn't change the truth that a life is new and formed at conception what do we do? not compile another sin on that sin we love people through a difficult moment and so rather than having ridiculous you know mental complications that are thrown at us that are not interested in getting at the truth but winning in arguments we gotta know that hey the truth is like a lion set him free he'll defend himself And that's what happens with Jesus here too. I know that out and around us, there are all sorts of attacks on the faith. I mean, you can see it all the way back to the second Maccabees, right? King Antiochus Epiphanius IV, he was not a good guy. He's trying to pull the rich traditions of the faith from these seven brothers and their mother, doing terrible things. But for them to stand there and to have that faith, to know that what they've been given is so much stronger than the principle of might makes right, that ultimately our faith is stronger than any of that. And look, where's Antiochus now? Exactly. Most people don't even know who in the world he is. And even today, as we get different unfair attacks on the faith all the time. How can you Christians possibly believe this? You're all so upset. The church is going away. Well, a couple things on that front. I love the line from the French cardinal who responded to Napoleon, who said, I'm going to wipe out the church. And the cardinal said, If we've not been able to do it as the cardinals in 1800 years, you don't stand a chance, right? I mean, we learn all the time that you don't leave Jesus because of Judas, you don't even leave Jesus because of Peter. I mean, he denied him three times. Our Lord is here. And our Lord has shown us that he is stronger than sin and death. And so when you get the criticisms, like, for example, Karl Marx, you know, he said that religion is the opiate of the masses, right? You know, the great founder of communism. With all due respect to Karl Marx, and he doesn't deserve much, you know, the opiate of the masses is not religion, it's atheism. To think that we can do whatever in the world we want and there are no consequences. The reality is is that Jesus Christ has become one of us. Jesus Christ has made the whole death march to Jerusalem. Jesus Christ is not afraid of being there and being questioned, because guess what? No matter what the questions are, even when they're unfair, even when they're traps, even with just a gotcha, he always wins. He's risen from the dead. And so what we need to do is to keep approaching him, to realize the fact that he is here, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, waiting for us in the tabernacle, always here and ready to have the conversation with you, his beloved, his friend, who wants to be there with you as you bear your cross and to know that you don't have to do that by yourself. And no matter what the different arguments are that come, They've come from all sorts of different angles throughout the years, from the chief priests, the scribes, the Sadducees, people who think that we're nuts for being here right now. So be it. Our Lord continues to be present. Don't be afraid of whatever the questions are that get thrown. we got a little bit of catechism. we got all these wonderful things. And even if it means that we keep learning the mysteries as they unfold, don't be afraid. Just continue to approach him, to know that he is present and will continue to be present even into the age to come. Praise be Jesus Christ.